Hey, kill you with truth. There you go, Nate. Get, get, come on, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Nate, are you, where the hell are you, Nate? Are you in a prison cell or something somewhere? You've changed your background. Where, where exactly are you? Yeah, I'm being held hostage right now. I just turned, I just turned the chair around. I'm just trying to mess around with the lighting and stuff because you guys are always like very professional. And, no, you, you know, look good. You, you look really good. You look good. And, and you look at, look at, look at Chad. Nate was on TV last night. You could tell. Yeah. You could yeah. tell. You could tell. Yes. Mach 3. Why are Mach 3 blades? Like, why are razor blades so fucking expensive? Like, fucking. There's terrible. 17 blades on them, plus the one on the backside, man. Three. That's why they call it Mach 3, man. But it's and just how's crazy. That, how's that knife? Is that knife Mach 3? Or what's that? Is that Mach 3? Uh, yes. You know, I try to shave with this. A little prairie shave on the stream. <laughs> I was hey, by the way. You guys, you guys, the two of you. That's proud of you guys last night. Yeah, there's Chad on channel nine. There's Nate on channel four. We gotta battle the TV guys right here. Nice. So who yeah. got it right on TV in terms of the Broncos season? I'll start with you, Nate. What was your overall? What was your hot take on TV that would uh dominate Chad Brown there on uh, the old nine news? <laughs> well, um, well, Rod Mackey was like, Hey, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not as optimistic right now going into the next season as I was last season, you know, and after Nathaniel Hackett, you know, we got Sean Payton, we got Russell Wilson, and it was feeling really good about it. Now, I don't know about that so much. And so I kind of pushed back on that a little bit. Just, just there are things to feel good about. There are a silver lining in this losing record, which they had, eight and nine, but there are some things to feel good about. Um, it's an improved football team. They're better coached, in my opinion, not perfect, but they also, some, some young players emerged that can be part of, I think, Sean Payton's core going forward. Guys like Jaleel McLaughlin, like Jaquan McMillan, young players, you know, Alex Singleton. He, he just got, he just broke the Broncos record for tackles in a season. Um, the offensive line continuity, I think, is something to build upon. Was the running game good this year? No. Were they supposed to be a running football team? Yeah. So that needs to improve. But those guys are communicating well, playing well together, and hopefully you, you think are going to improve going into next season. The big question, of course, is quarterback. It's quarterback. And if they can find a quarterback, a young one, draft one, then they got some time as well, hopefully some patience, and we can unfold a sort of – culture and team that could be good for the next decade guys all right chad how did you dominate nate on channel four over there on nine news unfortunately uh it was mike cliss who got the season wrap-up question i did not get that question um so i'll give it to you fresh live here on monday hey. morning um i would say the my takeaway from the season it was just incredibly uneven how uneven it was to start one and five then have the five game winning streak it was a roller coaster of, of emotions. It was a roller coaster of expectations. Literally, we went on this show, plus all other kind of shows around town, went from when are we go, what are we going to do at the trade deadline? Who's got to go to, oh my gosh, we can make the playoffs. We can make the, we can win the division. Um, <laughs> then things fell apart there. So the roller coaster ride of it, uh, of it all. Um, but in the end, the Broncos just weren't good enough. Are there some pieces like Nate was talking about? Yeah, Marvin Mims can be one of those pieces. There's a few other guys around the roster as well. But because of the unique situation with the salary cap crunch, with the lack of draft picks, um, and with the, the the absolute need to have a new quarterback under center, this makes for an incredibly odd and interesting offseason because you may have to trade away some of these young pieces that we're talking about in order to get the most important piece under center. Well, and listen, I was I felt like a proud papa as I'm sitting in bed <laughs> watching you because on television on Nine News, 
Chad said the unthinkable. Consider trading Patrick Sertan and your co-host at the time, Jacob Toby, who's a wonderful young guy. I love Jacob. He's a great dude. He was like, ooh, I don't know about trading Patrick Sertan. Like, he was, like, crawling up into his jacket and is like, I, what? <laughs> but you actually said that. You said that. And he did. Tell tell me I'm wrong, that he didn't kind of creep back a little bit and have that kind of reaction to that. He did. But once you have the discussion, I think it opens people's minds up to – it's while initially it hits your ear, it seems so far fetched. Why would a team that needs a talent upgrade get rid of maybe their most talented defender? But once you start explaining to people, they go, Well, yeah, because the quarterback is clearly that important of a position and that important of an issue on this football team. So the 12th pick in the draft is probably not going to get you the quarterback that you need. Therefore, you've got to explore some possibilities with guys like Patrick Sertan to move up early enough into the draft to get a quarterback that can actually become a future franchise guy. So uh, even Jacob, despite initially turtling up into his shell upon hearing the news, uh, by the time I was done with my 45-second explanation, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It, because it does make sense. It makes sense from a football perspective. Um, and it makes sense because the Broncos situation that they are certainly uh, and currently in. This is Man. To trade Sertan. No, <laughs> no. But yes, they go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I think if you if you evaluate these quarterbacks correctly and you identify the right guy, you can get him at 12. You can get him in the last pick in the freaking draft. Brock Purdy, MVP candidate. Last pick in the draft, guys. You're gonna, you're, you're, you're gonna you're gonna go back to the Tom me. Brady, no. Rock Purdy. Uh, how many quarterbacks are taken with, with in, in that area of the draft, and how many of them work out? We're gonna go with the the two percent success, the one percent success model. That's the model we're gonna go with. Well, what I'm saying is, you have to weigh your options here, and you have to decide. Here, here for example, let's say you have a Bo Nix evaluated, and you have him with a very similar grade to Penix or whatever, okay? One of them you have to trade up to get, and one of them you will not. Now, if you believe that they're very comparable quarterbacks, one of them you'll have to give away Pat Sertan to get, and one of them you would not, that's a conversation you're going to have to have in that building. Do we do we go with Bo Nix and not have to give up anything? Because we actually do think that he's going to be a superstar NFL quarterback in the right system. Sean Payton, his ego is pretty big we know that he's going to believe that he can turn the quarterback into a superstar he doesn't need to trade up and draft a guy top three to do so he has the brains he has the coaching and experience to do that and he can build the team up around him to make that happen so i think these are real conversations that need to happen and you can find a quarterback outside of number 12 I just think that's an insane roll of the dice you know but i've been saying this for years and years and years and there can be more than one. And right now, it looks like six guys, although J.J. McCarthy, to me, from Michigan is, I don't know. I'm not I'm not completely sold. But we'll sure, Nick's, tonight. We'll yeah, tonight. I mean, tonight, um, tonight, hey, bring on that big Penix energy. You know what I'm mm. saying? Yeah. You know, uh, but we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. I, I'll just say this. To hear you say it on Channel 9 last night, warm the cockles of my heart. And, and the lower cockles, too. Not even the higher cockles, the lower cockles. Because at least finally we're putting words to action that need to happen. So I don't want to hear about how the Broncos can't do something. This is what I really respect out of the 49ers. And Nate, to, to back you up too, sure. Absolutely draft that guy too later on. Sixth, seventh round, fifth round. I don't care, whatever. 
because you can just keep doing that year after year. And I don't care if you only have what the Broncos have, six traffic. You can still do that. And you should do that because you kind of never know. So while they got Trey Lance and gave up the farm, they also got Brock Purdy. So listen, man, if you got Bo Nix, that doesn't mean you don't get somebody, you know, you know, Stan Smith or whoever it would be later on. Be smart about it for the first time ever in the history of your organization. That's what I would say. But let's get to Big Penix Energy. Hold on, though. Hold on. Can I just make a point about this? Is it being smart to trade the best player on your team and then whiff on a guy top five? That's not smart. That's actually really dumb because you got so excited that you're going to get this big guy who's going to change your franchise, and he sucked. Let's say he's a Zach Wilson type of guy. He sucks, or a Trey Lance type of guy, or even – Trevor Lawrence type of guy. Trevor Lawrence isn't even the generational can-do, can't-miss guy anymore. Look at him. He choked when the when the game was on the line yesterday. So you got to be careful thinking that this one kid who's 22 is going to come in and fix your problems. Okay? Yeah, but Nate, like what other, what other things do you have to know whether it's going to work out or not? With any of these guys, what a, what other don't reach information? For it. Don't reach for it if you don't feel it. That's but what how I'm do you say. how do you know it's a reach? That's my point. I mean, you, Trevor Lawrence was a first overall pick. That's not a reach. No, he, but Zach Wilson was, and Trey Lance sure was. Both of those guys were. Well, not according to the people that get paid millions and millions of dollars to evaluate and do it. And they're fucking it up right and left because they're not building their football teams. Right, but how did you? So Kyle Shanahan is a fuck up. I, mean, I didn't say he is the number one seed. Right. I didn't say he is. Oh my god! It was, and not using the guy that they, they traded a couple uh, first round picks to get. Right. Guys, so, so the team would be st- stronger or weaker if they had never chosen Trey Lance, but also chose Brock Purdy. No, but my point Which one is would it be? Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch certainly aren't fuck ups. No. I didn't they, say that. Well, you kind of did. No, I said they, they fucked up, and they admitted that by by getting rid of him. But, oh, okay, but at the time if they did. You fucked up. I'm not calling you a fuck up, and you are okay. mincing words there quite a bit. All right, I'll, you I'll fuck retract. Up. <laughs> All right, let me retract then. At the time they did what they did, they didn't know they were fucking up. They thought they were doing a great job. Everybody does. How it pans out, who knows? Going back and looking at the 2018 draft, Josh Allen, boy, does he uh, make your heart skip a beat, but they won the AFC East. Lamar Jackson's going to win his second MVP. And look at Baker Mayfield. Maybe he lo- needed a little bit of time, but he got the Bucks to the playoffs. How about that? Darnold and Rosen are bust, but 60% of your draft class in the first round in 2018 led their team to the playoffs this year. Five years later. Okay. How do you know in that draft that Darnold and Rosen are going to be a bust and Mayfield, Allen, and Lamar Jackson are going to be playoff-worthy quarterbacks? How do you know that at the time of the draft? You don't. You got to do your best work and take your best guess. Yeah, but 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 you can't not try. Didn't say that. Well, I got you. But just sitting there and letting a guy fall to you to me is fool's gold. I think that gets you in the situation of the Patriots that we're saying like, okay, we'll just take whoever falls to us at 15. And now Belichick this morning is saying, Hey, I'm open for suggestions. Belichick is like Chad begging for his job this morning. As, as we're looking at things, it's crazy. 
it is crazy. Um, and I, I think to just accept that we'll take whatever quarterback falls to 12, um, you're putting your entire organization in a random pot of, of luck. That's I'd, not rather, what I'm I'd rather have a pick there. I'd rather make this selection based upon the players that I've evaluated. I think it's going to best help our football team. So if that guy, to Nate's point, happens to be available at 12, sure, that's awesome. But I think when you scout your quarterbacks, you predict the role of the draft, who's going to go where, and you see if you have a even remotely or realistic chance of getting the quarterback you want at 12. If not, then you've got to make a move. So this process of evaluation is more than just let's put Patrick Sertan on the, on the trading block today. Mm-hmm. Let's see the draft. Let's look at the quarterbacks who are available and see where they fall and see how we rank them and see what the possibilities are. So there's many exercises that, that have to happen before this plan goes into action. But I think as a Bronco fan, as a Bronco organization, you cannot be closed off to the possibility of trading Pats or Tan. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it has to happen and you have to go up and get Caleb Williams. I'm saying you have to be open to that possibility in order to get the quarterback that you may think is going to be best suited to become the franchise guy long-term in the future. I'm going to distill down my, my, what I try to say very simply, if you can get the quarterback you want without trading Pats or Tan, that's what you do. And you Correct. do so by no evaluating with that. And you do so by evaluating it exactly like Chad said. Who's gonna who who needs a quarterback? Who do you think is gonna get who? And you crunch the numbers and figure it out. And if you could do it without it without trading pass or tan, that's what you do. Okay, I'll agree with you, but don't not <laughs> go for the quarterback you want because you'd have to trade. Patrick Shertan. Agreed. Okay. Agree. Are, are agree. we all agreed on that? Yes. Go for the guy. Go for the guy you want. Right? So if your guy is Caleb Williams <laughs> and the Bears have what are they one and ten something like that, some along those lines. Listen, man, I think the Bears should just stick with Justin Fields and declare a bounty on the rest of the draft because they could trade back with three with the Patriots. Perhaps they could trade ten back. They could once they get three, they could trade that back. Frankly and get multiple first-round picks, not only this year, but in the next two years. So I don't know why you'd really move on from fields. That's a tricky decision, and that's a domino that'll impact everything. But if you wanted to be in play from 12 to 1, it's tough, but it's not impossible. And if you really believe that strongly, say, in Caleb Williams, if if you do, I don't want to hear about how you love Caleb Williams, but we couldn't get there. There's always ways you could at least try to get that guy. And also, there could be more than one guy. So sitting there at 12, listen, I got you. And right now, you're right there, Nate. I'll give you credit. Right now, according to the mocks, you could stay at 12 and get Bo Nix. I don't think you could stay there to get Jaden Daniels. And we'll see about tonight's Big Penix Energy, if that's possible or not. That might have a huge impact on things. We'll see how the natty goes tonight. That being said, if we look forward to tonight, what do you guys think right now of the second MPJ maybe coming here to Denver, Chad? Uh, Bo Nix, uh, not Bo, sorry, Michael Penix Jr. throws the best deep ball in all of college football. I would say that he throws an accurate enough deep ball that's well-timed enough that he would probably walk into the league as a top 10 deep ball thrower. That's how sexy of a deep ball he throws as a college Ooh. guy. And we'll see that on display tonight. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, in my opinion, leaves a lot to be desired. So I think we'll see the stark contrast and difference between these two quarterbacks. Now, Bo Nix will – I keep on saying Bo Nix. I'm sorry. Michael Penix Jr., MPJ, 
or we'll have to go against a Michigan defense, which is really, really good at all three levels. So this would be a really good test for him. Harbaugh's a very good coach. Uh, they're going to certainly try to take away the explosive and the deep ball, which Washington has been successful at all year. So we'll see what he can do when he goes against maybe the best defense in all of college football, one of the best brains on the sideline in Harbaugh, and a, and a coaching staff that really prides itself in taking away what you do best in a very Belichickian kind of way, things that Michael Penix Jr. is going to see once he's in the NFL. So this is not going to be a perfect evaluation, but this will be a really good evaluation tonight to see where Michael Penix Jr. is as far as evaluating him for the NFL quarterback. But let's not forget, it's not just all on the field for him. This is a kid who's had two ACL surgeries and two yep. shoulder surgeries. Yep. So the medical is going to be critical on him as well. Nate? Yeah, um, you know, the, the medical stuff, first of all, there, I think there's only two quarterbacks in the NFL that pl played every single – had every single start this year. Oh, These wow. guys are getting hurt at a crazy clip. Um, you know, you got to assume an injury is coming for Michael Penix Jr. I think this is the first year that he's been healthy, right, in, in a long time. So that's something to consider. Um, also, best deep ball thrower in the NFL. That title used to go to one Russell Wilson. How, how, how did that go for him? You know what I mean? So it, to me, it ain't about the deep ball. It's about all the other stuff. Yes, it's nice that you can throw a good deep ball. That's important. It is. But the intermediate stuff, the processing in the pocket, getting rid of the ball on time, that's what Sean Payton wants. He doesn't care about the deep ball. Drew Brees was a good deep ball thrower, but didn't have a crazy arm. You know, he, he relied on his timing to throw those deep balls. Um, and so and so it did Mike, can Michael Penix Jr. do that stuff? Um, and, you know, I know they run a pro-style offense there in Washington, so I imagine that he throws every ball on the field. Um, but um, I haven't watched him enough to really break it down the way Chad has there. But I would just say, just based on things Chad is saying and the medical stuff, you know, I mean, there's some things. It, it, it's not a it's not a slam dunk there, right? It's not a slam no, dunk. No, and, and, and so uh, tonight, all eyes will be on uh, Penix. Yeah, and I'll tell you this. This process, sorry, process, Canadian. This process has just begun. So you don't have to have your mind made up and whatever you say right now doesn't have to be some sort of declarative statement and finality for the future. You've got to late April to sort of go through this. And I encourage all of us to take that time to go through it. I'm, I'm light on JJ McCarthy after watching a bunch of Michigan games. I do think, Oh my God, you want to talk about uh, lines, defensive and offensive lines at Michigan. Goodness gracious. They are just absolutely loaded. So I don't know about J.J. McCarthy. Penix, to me, on the surface, kind of reminds me of Jalen Hurts a little bit. Just a little bit older, a little bit seasoned, a guy that um, can do a lot. But the injury stuff does make me nervous. And on the surface, I'm, I'm a little shaky on Knicks, although he certainly was great for Oregon. I've seen Jaden Daniels a ton. Again, he scares me. I've just watched so much of Jaden Daniels that – it just seems wildly inconsistent, although crazy talented. And size-wise, he would fit the bill, although he's super skinny. I don't know about Caleb Williams' meltdown this year. And Drake May, frankly, I don't know if he's had the level of competition that it takes. Guys, right now, I'm looking at Michael Penix, seriously. Because I'm not looking for a quarterback for 15 years, because I know the knees could be an issue, perhaps. But I think in this NFL, if you get a good guy for seven years, and get him on a second contract, I think you're doing all right. Seriously. It's crazy how – great point, Nate. Look at how many injuries happened this year to these guys. I mean, it's wild. And then I think we got to pay attention to the back end of the draft for other quarterbacks too. I do believe that. I just think you're a moron if you draft a quarterback in the second or third round, frankly. I think that is idiot speak, 
and don't do it. But that being said, I could not be more clear about that for the past, I don't know, decade about yeah. talking about this shit. So we'll, we'll see where the Broncos go. Let me just how, check wait, with you how guys. Wait, how, how long have you been talking about it? A, a decade. No, Seriously. I'm just you just said that very vehemently. A decade. decade. <laughs> All right. Are we in agreement, though, that the Broncos do need to use their first pick on a quarterback, Nate? Yeah, I think they do. I, okay. I, yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with you there. <laughs> unless, look, unless there's just a guy. There's a guy that Sean Payton is just obsessed with and that nobody cares about, but he <laughs> thinks he's the – well, look, but but, but D-Mac, this is the head coach. So so the head coach of the Broncos, <laughs> he's got he's to work with this person. So if there's someone that he knows he likes and that nobody Ooh, else – What I, position? What no, could it possibly be that'd be more important? No, what, what I'm saying is – no, what I'm saying is that if there's a quarterback, he knows he likes. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's talking yeah, about some backup quarterback someplace that only only Sean Payton knows how magical he is inside. He's going with the Disney movie route. Okay. The Brock, the Brock Purdy is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. But yes, oh, you don't have to you don't have to stretch. You can Absolutely, just say you can okay. just say so that's, not Disney. that's not Disney. This is an actual Look, if, if you look back at what's been happening in the NFL, people have been mis-evaluating first-round quarterbacks, and it's been pretty bad. It's I know, And I know you're like, you got to take your shot, but it's been really bad lately, especially. I mean, you got C.J. Stroud. Is he, is he the only high-performing first, you know, top 10 pick in the last three years? Name another one. Um, exactly. So if you, if you identify someone who can run your offense and, and is the brain and has the processing speed and the and the experience in the pocket and something that, you know, is a la Brock Purdy and you bolster the team around him. That's very important. Everyone else has to play well, too. I don't think it's a Disney movie to say that you could find your quarterback of the future outside of the first round. That's all. I feel very comfortable saying Brock Purdy and Tom Brady are Disney movies. The odds are just so incredibly unlikely that that guy drafted that late has those kind of skill sets and is able to be as good as Tom Brady was for as long as he was or even for – as, as the short window of time that Brock Purdy has been good. It, that's so, so incredibly unlikely. So while it can happen, certainly, I think to hitch your wagon to that kind of thought, I think is, that's where the fool's gold is, that somehow I, with all the hubris in the world that Sean Payton already possesses, can, yeah. can turn this guy, this fifth-round pick or this seventh-round pick or this third stringer on someone else's roster and turn him into the true franchise quarterback – while it is certainly possible, to your point, and as the same point I'm making here, it is so incredibly unlikely. You've got to look in a more convenient or conventional situation and go with the higher percentage situation. Do you think Sean Payton will look back on the history of the Broncos drafts over the – I know it's not his hump. Now he's got some <laughs> humps going hump. on. Now he's got some humps. But because that wasn't his hump, the draft misses. Do you think he'll not go back and look at it? I hope he does, but I, I see what you're saying, like, I'm so good. I can get, frankly, the guy that jumps out at me is they go get Jameis Winston, right? You know, he's no. a backup. Well, well, no. okay. But, no. but tell me another Sean Payton type of guy that would suit that bill. Like you just said, I was talking James about Winston. a rookie. I'm talking about a rookie. I'm talking about drafting a guy who you believe could be the quarterback of the future, but may fall outside of that, you know, hot round area. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and I'm not, you know, watching enough college football to know who that guy is, but I, I bet you there, that guy is out there where, what team he lands on. If he gets his opportunity, that's yet to be seen. There's a lot of guys out there 
who never get the chance, but have the abilities, right? Because of because we get enamored with the with the freaking pro day throw off of his back foot when he's rolling to the left down the okay, wow. And now everybody's gotta do that throw and look at Zach Will. Like, no, man. I think that we're going to evolve the way we evaluate quarterbacks and coaches are gonna start getting smarter because of what's happening in the league. I think it really puts your team back if you miss on one of these top three guys. The 49ers, you're right, did get very lucky. All right. Um then let me ask you guys this thing, because we're all relatively relative, 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 relative to, to the situation. Situally. Um are we all right with Jared Stidham being that bridge quarterback, or do you need somebody else in there to sort of you know bridge that gap? Chad, are you all right with Stidham, or should you be going to look at somebody else? You're already paying Stidham uh more than you need to to be just a backup quarterback. So I think that the thought for Sean Payton is that this guy can carry the load if asked for four games, six games, whatever the case may be, if they were to draft a quarterback next year. Um, does Jared Stidham turn them into a if he starts for six games, are they four and two after six games? Probably not. Uh, I see more of a three and three kind of window for Jared Stidham in a six game evaluation window. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's good enough. Good enough. Uh, the, yeah. the, the expectation is not to turn yourself into the Texans and CJ Stroud and make the playoffs in year one of this rookie quarterback anyway. Uh, I think that that would instantly buy Sean Payton and the Broncos some time. It would buy them some fan grace and the fans wouldn't recognize that there's a a, a, a build-up, ramp-up period here. And so Jared Stidham would be a part of that. I think to go outside of that, now you're talking about money you don't have. You're already overpaying Jared Stidham to be the backup quarterback. Right. So now right. we're going to go get somebody else. All right. Who's this guy? And what's he going to What's he going to make? Does he make more than Jared Stidham? It, it's the, we cannot lose track of the dead cap money, the salary cap crunch the Broncos are in. We can't lose track of any of that as we go about trying to figure out how to – man this quarterback position yeah i'm out on stiddy boys i don't think he's a very good nfl quarterback personally i don't think see a lot of <laughs> it factor there's no really dynamic play he misses a lot of open receivers he's he's not very accurate with the ball he does a lot of the stuff that we were you know getting on russell wilson for he doesn't throw a particularly good deep ball he's not particularly mobile he doesn't seem very confident back there he laughs when he makes mistakes i don't really think that jared's i don't want to see jared stidham starting football games for the broncos anymore i don't think he would go three and three in six games i think he would mm -hmm. go more like one and five or two and four they beat the chargers who were pretty much the worst team in the nfl at the time they played him and then got whooped by the raiders yesterday i don't like I mean, I think he's a good guy. I think his teammates like him. That has nothing to do with it. I don't think Jared Stidham should be starting football games for the Broncos. Let me ask you this. Let me ask both of you guys this. Since Sean Payton was so high on Jared Stidham, incredibly high, and they overpaid to, to get this guy, does this make you question Sean Payton's quarterback evaluation abilities? Since he was so adamant about this particular guy and gave him a contract that is you know, far beyond what most backup quarterbacks make, do you think Sean Payton has the quarterback skills, evaluation skills to figure out who should be the next franchise quarterback? Nate? Um, you know, it makes me it makes me question sort of the confidence that he came off of his year off with. Just like, yep, I'm I'm on it. I see him. We're doing it. Yep, yep, this guy, I want him. And and it was like, okay, well, maybe you are a little rusty, man. Maybe you need to <laughs> maybe you need to lean on some guys that you trust and get some more voices in the room and get and get back to work and figure this out. Maybe I think he came in maybe a little too flippantly, uh, a little too confidently and uh relative to quarterback evaluations. I think he'll be all right. But yeah, the Russell Wilson benching, Super Bowl champion, 
you know, uh, nine time pro bowl, you bench that guy. And then the guy you brought in sucks too. I, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, he's got something to prove for sure. Last one before we split. And I agree with, uh, uh, Nate on that too. Russell Wilson, according to your guy, Mike Kliss, that I saw in Nine News, but I was watching Channel 4, too, because I love both you guys. You didn't I see me. I don't think you saw me on there. I, I was going know. back and forth. You didn't see no, me. There's, there's you, some you, you guy named... You about what Chad said, but nothing about what... I think it's because he, he, you agreed with him, and you didn't agree with me. Okay. There's some guy named Rich Casolino. Casolano. Casi... I never... Casimoto. You didn't see me. Just admit it. It's just one of those... Oh, yeah, I saw it. No, you didn't. You saw... You watched Chad. You watch chat. Just, just you watch chat. It's fine. You were, you were going to a commercial when I you watched. Chat. <laughs> you, 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 you fucked up. You're not a fuck up, but you fucked up. Uh, the the um, the Russell Wilson story was 40 minutes after the game. He was in full uniform sitting at his locker, I guess, asking everybody to look at him because um, I don't know why you would be 40 minutes after a game in full uniform. Um, just for a game, in, man. Soaking it in, man. All right. So what do you guys think about the final final images of Russell Wilson soaking it in after the game's over? Nate? Uh, He wanted everyone on the bus to wait for him. It's like, uh, (laughs) we're we're ready to go, guys. There's just one. We're waiting for Russell. Oh, the guy who didn't play? Yeah, he's just sitting in his locker with his pads on. Um, So, yeah, man, whatever. Let him him have his moment there at the end. Um, Clearly reflecting on what has been a disastrous tenure here with the Denver Broncos and trying to figure out what went wrong. And probably, yeah, so he's he's the kind of guy who likes to, you know, soak it in and have the sentimental moment, I think, and probably that's what he was having. Dad. We cannot f- ever forget Russell Wilson going out to the 50-yard line and spinning with his <laughs> eyes closed in, in prayer. So there's a certain performative aspect to Russell Wilson that is just uh. cringeworthy and undeniable no matter from anybody who's got any kind of shame within their body. And this was one of those things. Was it real and genuine? I think it was. He's literally soaking it in, as Nate was talking about. And I've talked about so many times, the last time you hang those shoulder pads up in the locker is the last time you hang those up in the locker. And you have that moment when you realize this is the last time as a Denver Bronco, I'm going to take off this uniform and hang those shoulder pads up. So, uh, yeah, I've got I've got some time for Russell Wilson. I don't want to be too late. Come on, man. I got five minutes, not not 20 minutes for you to do your thing in the locker room. Um, But, yeah, this is that same performative guy. Nothing has changed there. Um, But, again, it's not too perform just for performance's sake. I believe when he was doing that thing on the field with his eyes closed and spinning around, he actually was in prayer. It felt performative to me, but for him, that was the way he wanted to pray in the middle of the football field and have this private moment between him and his higher power. Uh, He made that moment in the locker room yesterday. Um, So, yeah, I I see both sides of it. I'm not that person. Um, He is, but I certainly have had soaking in moments as a player. And sat in the locker room quietly in front of my locker and reviewed the season or my football mortality Mm. or my football future in my mind in those moments. I've certainly been there as well. I feel like, Nate, we should close with um, you singing a little creed uh, with arms wide open. With arms wide open (laughs) under the sunlight. Welcome to this place. I'll tell you everything. Good luck, Russ. Go, Broncos. <laughs> All right, boys. We'll see you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bring that big Penix energy. Kill you with truth. See ya.